through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, we see God's heart is for the entire world. The living God is a missionary God. And you would not be here this morning if he wasn't. You weren't part of that first 120 group of believers, Jewish believers in Jerusalem. And so we are the result. We are included because the living God is a missionary God. Even at the outset of the Bible, when God creates the nation of Israel, he chooses one man, Abraham. He's going to begin a chosen nation, the nation of Israel. It is clear right from the outset that the whole point was not about Israel only, but about the whole world. Genesis 12, 2 and 3. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God's ultimate concern was not just the people of Israel, but it was all the peoples of the earth, all the families of the earth, because our God is a global God. And we must be global Christians if we're going to reflect God's heart. All the peoples of the earth must matter to us because they matter to God. Now we see this throughout the Old Testament, that God's heart is for all the peoples. Just a few examples, a very few examples. When God is speaking through Moses to Pharaoh in regard to the ten plagues and the miracles, in Exodus 9.16 he says, to Pharaoh, but for this purpose I have raised you up to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Or when the Jews cross into the Jordan, the Jordan River into the promised land in Joshua 4.24, says this is why, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. Or David's challenge to Goliath. Even a young teenage David had a global perspective. When he approaches Goliath, he says, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Not just Israel, but all the earth's got to know it. Or the dedication of the temple in 1 Kings 8, 59. Let these words of mine, with which I have pleaded before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night. And may he maintain, maintain the cause of his servant, the cause of his people Israel, as each day requires that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and there is no other. Now, church, when you are reading the Old Testament, just keep a lookout for that kind of language. All the earth, all the families of the earth, all the peoples of the earth, uh, the whole world, because that kind of language is peppered all through the Old Testament, the whole purpose of the nation of Israel is to be a light to the nations, a light to the peoples all over the earth, because the living God is a missionary God. And thank God He is. Now, in the New Testament, this global focus is even more emphatic and more pronounced, so that at the end of Jesus' life, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19, he says to his disciples, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, all the peoples. Or John 3, 16, the most well-known verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
or Acts 1.8, the very last thing Jesus said before being ascended to the Father, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we are included because of that. And one day in heaven, the throne room of heaven, we will see people from all nations, all peoples. Revelation 7, 9, after this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. So it's from Genesis to Revelation, all through the Bible, God's heart is for all the peoples of the world. The living God is a missionary God, and thank God he is because that included us. Now this morning, church, I just want to have a brief, this is a special Sunday, and letting you know what's going on here with uh, the global focus of God. Uh, what I want to do now is sort of unpack the four buckets that we've got in terms of all of our outside-the-walls ministries, in terms of all that God has called us to do, both locally in our area and around the world. And there are four of these, missional life, Hispanic ministry, church planting, and movements. And these are, are your four ministries. I know that you're not heavily involved with uh, all of them or any of them, perhaps. You may have another calling in various deals, but, but we all need to know because these are our ministries that we, we do together. Okay, missional life. That includes compassion and justice ministries, refugees and immigrants. It includes women and children at risk. It includes prison ministries, all those kinds of ministries. Just about all of them are local rather than international. Now, a handful of them are international, but the vast majority of them are in the greater Houston area. Now, there are about 40 of these ministry partners that we uh, partner together with, and uh, can't talk about all of them, but I'm talking about a handful of them. But Jesus tells us a parable in Matthew 25. Remember, he goes through the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the sick, and the stranger, the prisoner, and then he says... Very powerfully, he says, as you have done it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you have done it to me. And that includes, so he expects us as his followers to have a heart to care and reach out to the hungry, that's the poor, to the thirsty, that's those who need clean water around the, around the globe. That is to the stranger, that, those are the immigrants, the strangers, the foreigners, the, the naked, those who need clothing, the sick, the prisoned, uh, all of those are part of what's, what's on God's heart. This morning, let me tell you about five of them. We couldn't possibly go through all 40, but you should know some concrete things. Let me just showcase five of them. One, Love Fosters Hope, led by Cindy Miracle, part of our church family. This is a ministry for foster children, many of whom are orphans. Now, these children and teenagers... So many of them have experienced enormous heartache, rejection, some abandonment, some abuse. Some have been moved from house to house. Uh, a lot of them have incredible hurt, if you can imagine, never growing up with loving parents at home. And Love Fosters Hope has sponsored for years and years these wonderful summer camps for various age groups. And Woods Edgers and people from around the area actually take a week off vacation to serve them and love them. There's also mentoring opportunities uh, going on and other volunteer opportunities. And uh, 
to go to one of these camps, to, to drive to one of these camps and to see these children who've grown up in the foster care system and the way they are loved by, their, by the volunteers there, Woods Edgers and others, and that they're coming alive, you can tell, uh, in the atmosphere of that love, is just so moving. That's love fosters hope. Secondly, seven more. It's led by Josh and Debs Walker, and they meet ex-offenders who are released from prison. They meet them at a bus station in downtown Houston, or they meet them in Huntsville, kind of the center of the Texas prison system. Josh and Debs believe that these ex-offenders should not be welcomed off the bus by the usual crowd of drug dealers, pimps, traffickers, and gangs, but rather they should be welcomed off the bus by the kingdom of God. And they meet them there with the love of Christ, and they give them new clothes so they don't have to wear the prison garb home to, to see their families, and they give them toiletries and offer them uh, discipleship and the gospel. And these dear folks need desperately to be loved by the kingdom of God. Another great volunteer opportunity, if you do not yet have some meaningful ministry, either inside the walls or outside the walls of Wood's Edge. A third ministry that I love is Wings. It's led by Kate Callan. I remember some years ago, uh, Kate was with me on one of my trips to Israel, and she had a good job at a local oil company, and and she was talking about, man, I think God is leading me to quit my job and start this new ministry. And I can remember her during that time. And we prayed over her. And she came back and she did it. And uh, they say it's had great ministry the last seven years. In fact, just recently, uh, Wings, was, uh, Wings focuses on women who are incarcerated, discipling them and teaching them life skills. And recently, this uh, fairly new ministry won the Governor's Criminal Justice Service Award. And during a recent Wednesday night class, 26 women in that class trusted Christ as Savior and are now being discipled. I mean, how big is that? Yay, God. You're part of Wings. Uh, next one, Houston welcomes refugees, led by Molly Rainey. Now, all through the Old Testament, we see God's heart for the foreigner, for the sojourner. Those are the immigrants and the refugees of our day, God has a special heart for them. And we have more than ever in the world today. We have 300 million, that's almost as, many, as big as the United States, immigrants and refugees with all the turmoil in the Middle East. And, you know, so many of them are, are coming to Houston. You know, uh, we want to go to the nations, but the nations are also coming to us. And they are coming especially to Houston, which is the most internationally diverse city in the United States, one out of four people in greater Houston are foreign-born. How exciting is that, that we've got this great gospel opportunity? But these refugees are welcomed from the airplane by this ministry called Houston Welcomes Refugees. Now, can you imagine flying into a strange land? You don't speak the language. You don't know one person. Uh, you're, you've been totally uprooted. You might be fleeing uh, persecution or famine or some other a thing where your life was at stake, and a group of loving people meet you at the airport and welcome you, and they have furnished an apartment for you, and they help you adjust so to learn some life skills to adjust to this new culture. I mean, those folks who are involved with that ministry, they got enormous impact into their lives and for the gospel, and one, one wonderful ministry here in the city of Houston. They could also use more volunteers. Now, the fifth one that I just want to mention is the Threads of Love, which has been right here on our campus. We've got a number of portable buildings right back there behind that wall. 
The first one is full of clothes and food and people in need throughout really the area and the region. Uh, we're a center for the Houston Food Bank and come and get food and clothing. And it may be a simple thing, but it's profound to those who've got need. And we've got a lot of volunteers, not only from Wood's Edge, but from other churches around here that do a lot of sorting and distributing and getting that thing all organized so we can help the hungry and the naked in the name of Christ. Now, let me just remind you, that's just a quick overview of five out of 40 ministries that if you're at Wood's Edge, if you give here, serve here, pray here, you're part of that. You've got a stake in it, even though you might not be involved directly. But let me say to you, church, we've got many, many volunteer opportunities within the walls of Wood's Edge and outside the walls of Wood's Edge. And this is not a day and age to sit on the sidelines. Find your place of ministry. And maybe today God will move in your heart. Yep, that's the one for me. Group leaders, home church shepherds, why don't you get your group, your, your, your home church to adopt one of these ministries? And so that together y'all could serve. That will bond you together. That will advance the kingdom of God. That will help these people. Why don't you together uh, adopt one of these 40 ministries? There is a missional life kiosk uh, in the lobby, kind of right back in there, that after the service you can find out more information. All right, that's the first bucket, missional life. A little bit more time on that one. Secondly, the Hispanic ministry led by Ricardo and Gloria Stella Diaz. While solidly a part of Wood's Edge, they are in many ways a unique ministry, uh, reaching out to a community that is culturally distinct as well as amazingly diverse. The Hispanic ministry comes from 18 different countries throughout Central and Latin America, Central and South America primarily. People who prefer to worship in their heart language, some of them speak English, some of them don't really, but that's their preferred heart language to worship in. Hundreds of people are involved with this ministry weekly, not only in the worship service on Sunday morning, the third service, next service, they'll have their own worship service in a building right back there called the Comunidad Hispana. And there's small groups during the week. There are women's Bible studies where a number of non-Christians come to the women's Bible studies, and they're reaching a lot of people. And you guys recognize that what God is doing in the city of Houston with the diversity you know, in 2050, 30 years, uh, Houston will be one-third Anglo, one-third African-American, and one-third Hispanic. And so, so many Hispanics, uh, we want to reach them for Christ. Now, our Hispanic ministry not only has a great ministry here, but a few years ago, they took one of their uh, people in their, their ministry, a, a businessman, and uh, sent him to Guadalajara to plant a church. And he's from Guadalajara, so he's going back to his home city. And that church called La Iglesia, the church, is just thriving today. Got about 400 people, and they've got a vision of a church plant throughout Guadalajara, which is a city the size of Houston, with great need for church plants. And they're just a wonderful church. Uh, some of us have been down there visiting them, encouraging them. The Hispanic ministry here is also involved with ministry through, their, through Ricardo and Gloria, uh, pastoring pastors across Spain and South America. So they're just very involved. They want to have a, uh, develop, uh, have a preaching, uh, teach uh, young Hispanic pastors a uh, preaching program and train church planners throughout Houston and beyond. You're part of this Hispanic ministry here at Wood's Edge, reaching so many people. The third bucket is church planning. I've had missional life a lot of the compassion justice ministries. I've talked about our Hispanic ministry. Third bucket would be church planning led by John Harrington. Now, God's plan for our day and time is the church. 
Old Testament, it was Israel. Uh, no more. It's the church, this international body with local churches just like this, of all kinds of people, flawed people who are redeemed by the blood of Christ. Ever since the book of Acts, the kingdom of God has spread through planning of new churches, and that's how it advances around the world today. Now, the United States does not have nearly enough churches to keep up with population growth and the closure of existing churches. Now, sometimes it might seem that, well, you know, we got plenty of churches in the Woodlands area, the Spring area, the Houston area. That is not true. That is erroneous. We do not have near enough churches in the United States to keep up with population growth and church closures. Last year in the United States, we had 4,000 new church plants. And last year in the United States, we had 3,700 church closures. Yesterday, I'm having lunch with a man who oversees a bunch of churches for the Evangelical Covenant group, and he said, I just came from a church that's dying, and I'm just helping them to, to go out gracefully. And, and there are those kind of churches uh, all over, and we need tons more church plants. Now, if we need these across the United States, we especially need them in greater Houston because you guys know that Houston is growing like you know, hardly any metropolitan area in the, in the nation. We need to double and triple the rate of new churches in greater Houston, if we're going to just keep up with the population growth and the church closure rate. We've got to have so many more. Now, you're part of this because we have planted churches. We planted this church. We, we planted a church in Montgomery some years back. Now it's called Transformation. We planted a church down near Rice University called Water's Edge. We planted the church in Guadalajara, I mentioned. Uh, a few years back, we planted a church near Wood Forest, Restoration, led by Greg Johnson, one of our former worship pastors. Uh, we planted the, the, a year later a church over in the Bender's Landing area, uh, led by, it's called Declaration, led by John Sherrill, who also led worship on our staff team here before. Next, our next church plant is uh, in Bryan College Station, led by Ben and Ashley Rush, who also have been worship pastors here. And by the way, uh, you don't have to be a, a worship pastor to plant a church with us. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you, you really don't. So uh, you might be in the marketplace, business, all kind of other backgrounds, and God might move you to plant a church. He uses regular, ordinary people like us. And John Harrington, our lead uh, pastor in this area of church planting, would love to talk to you more about this. In fact, John came from Hill Country Bible. He's newer on our team. And, and Hill Country Bible planted more churches in the state of Texas than anybody was doing. And I was beyond thrilled when we could get John to feel like kind of coming home to his home area of Houston to lead a church planting effort here. Now, you guys should know that I planted other churches before I started Woods Edge. I started Woods Edge, and God has given me a heart to plant churches. Every pastor doesn't have that calling, but he's given me that heart. And that's uh, my wiring and calling and burden. And not only has he called me to, to plant a church, but, but we plant other churches, and several years ago, God particularly gripped my heart that we need to accelerate this because there's so many more churches that are needed there. And so God put on my heart, we need 100 new churches over the next 10 years in Houston. We need 100 of them. And, and that's something that we're going to do together, that we're going to put churches with something of our DNA all over greater Houston and beyond, and that's how the kingdom of God advances, and that's how we're going to see Houston become a city of God through that kind of effort. Now, we've, we've got a, a, a family of church, churches that we do this together with all these churches we're planting. We're, we're a, uh, with the Woods Edge family of churches. We do it together. 
with John Harrington on board. We're going to start a training school for church planning this coming fall. It's called the, Wo- the Woods Edge Institute, the School for Biblical Leadership. We will, plant, we will train not only church planners, but all kinds of ministry people and missionaries and, and folks in the marketplace who just want more training. I mean, it, it, you're in the marketplace, which thank God we, we've got to have people in the marketplace. Uh, that is your primary ministry right there, and we want to train you better. We'll start in the fall, the Woods Edge Institute. Now, in addition to all the church planning we're doing, we collaborate with 100 churches or so throughout Houston with the Houston Church Planning Network. There's nothing in the United States quite like that. We've got a couple of several big churches kind of leading the effort, but only in Houston have we had the kind of a, a widespread collaboration of 100 churches together, banding together to reach the city with church planning. Now, together in the Houston Church Planning Network, Houston Woods Edge was sort of a founding pillar part of this ministry. We train church planners. We don't plant the churches, but we train church planners who will go out throughout the whole city planting churches of all kinds of stripes. And that's the sort of ministry if we're going to see Houston become a city of God. So that's church planning. Now the fourth bucket that you've got to know about, and I think the most exciting thing that God's doing around the world is in movements led by Tim Martin. Now we've been talking about movements for six or seven years, and it's quite likely that um, I have not clearly communicated. Okay, Jeff, uh, tell me again what that is, a movement. You know, what's that about? Let, let me just be as simple as I can be today. Uh, there is a technical definition. So many people, so many groups, so many churches, that sort of thing. Let's throw that out. Here's what it is. It is the rapid spread of the gospel. We can do that, can't we? It is the gospel spreading rapidly through a region. It's fueled by the Spirit. It's, it's fueled by prayer. And it's something that God is clearly doing where we see it all through the book of Acts. We see it in the New Testament, and it's just there's tons of people coming to Christ in an area or region. Now, since 1990, 30 years ago, we are seeing more of these movements than ever before in Christian history. And I want to tell you a little bit about it, because, and in fact, in the last 10 years, we're, we're seeing a, a veritable explosion of these. That's why I say it's the most exciting thing in missions. And you've got to be aware of it. The greatest harvest ever in the kingdom is right now. Places like Asia, I mean China, India, uh, across Africa. You know, the 125,000 people a day coming to Christ. And we are part of helping to reach them and disciple them for Christ. Now, today, uh, we have ascertained and verified that there are over 900 of these movements you got to have at least 1,000 converts to be technically qualified, and careful research has been done. Now, we've had a dream of starting 10 of these movements ourselves, five in Houston, five international. We have been part of seeing one in Ecuador. I mean, in um, Malawi, we're on the cusp of seeing one in Ecuador. We're a part, we partner with some ministry partners that are seeing a number of them in the Russian-speaking world. I'll say more about that. We are working on movements in Jordan, in Germany, in Athens, and right here in Houston. God has uh, given us, by by His grace, an influential role in church planning, disciple-making movements around the globe. He's brought some people here right in the thick of this. Um, Steve Smith, some of you know, who's maybe was the most influential figure in movements over the last decade or so. He's recently gone home to heaven. But certainly he was a key part of that and some others that I'll mention. Uh, But let me just explain to you a bit more 
about movements that we're involved with. Now, at this time, I need to take a pause because if you're watching this service online, and, and thank you for doing so. I know we've got tons of people all over watching online, but at this point, because we've got some sensitive information about some closed countries, we're going to go offline until we get, come back to a Malawi video in about 10 minutes. So come back with us. It's, uh, there's some prayer prompts in there to follow. Now, by the way, sometimes at Wood's Edge, some of you do some recording, put services on Facebook, and that's great. Yay, God, you have a heart for that. But if you're recording now... Looking into the future, I see, I see our villages just turning around. I see great, great revival coming. I see great wind blowing over our villages. The wind of change, the wind of salvation, the wind of disciple making a kind of move upon our, our village because that's what we need. From 2009 to 2013, Woods Edge partnered with Pastor Charles Tsukalusa to train several hundred Malawian pastors on how to multiply disciples. In 2013, during Pastor Tim Martin's training on people of peace, people whom God has anointed to spread the gospel in a big way, Charles wondered if the rural village chiefs could be chosen by God in that way. He then asked Tim if he could invite 30 chiefs to the training. Tim responded, of course while not understanding the depths of the demonic activities that the rural village chiefs were involved in. The training of the chiefs was a huge success and represented a shift of direction for the Woods Edge Partnership in Malawi. Chiefs are now reaching other chiefs for Christ. Families and whole villages are being transformed as they leave the demonic activities behind and begin to follow Jesus. Typically, a maximum of two to three chiefs were being led to Christ at any given time. In August of 2016, a supernatural, God-sized miracle happened where over 1,000 chiefs trusted in Christ during a Woods Edge-sponsored training event. On that historic day, God accelerated His amazing work in Malawi into a supernatural movement that is spreading exponentially throughout the nation. I remember when Jeff Wells and I talked with Pastor Charles Tsukalusa the very first time, he said a very, very key thing. He said, many people come to Malawi and they want to gather a large group and they want to preach the gospel, see how many hands are raised, and then leave and they never see them again. And he said, we've got 13 million people back then uh, in Malawi and 60 million people have raised their hands. So everybody's raised their hands many, many, many times. And he said, but you've come to make disciples, and that's what we need. We need training in how to make disciples, because we have very few. We have people that will call themselves Christians, but it's their syncretism really not disciples. So that was a, a key start that we knew. We've got the right pastor to partner with, because he was very uh, discipleship-focused. Thank you for... Every single chief here, well, we recognize you are the one that has put all of them in the position there. That you have chosen them. You have 
right now you might have seen a little bit uh, but we we have a lot of chiefs that are opening up and it's important for chiefs to receive the gospel because they are the custodians of uh the traditions and they they are like they are like the gatekeepers you can't get into an area and do anything without the permission of the chief and i know that some people cannot understand that especially in the western world but that's the reality on the ground here you not even government can build a school without the involvement of a chief so with when we touch a chief we are touching a whole area you could be speaking to a bunch of chiefs, just maybe 10, but behind those, the, those 10 will be thousands and thousands of people. So when you touch a chief, then you're touching thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> God has given us an inroad with the villages. Now these villages have chiefs, tribal chiefs, and they're all over the country. And these chiefs have a background with occult activity. And to see these chiefs reach for Christ and then disciple other chiefs who disciple other chiefs and spreading throughout the country, and thousands and thousands of these villagers have now been reached for the gospel, well, it's just the most exciting thing. And so we love what God's doing in Malawi, and we want to continue uh, doing all that God's called us to do in this country. I want to talk to you now. On behalf of all the chiefs, I want to thank you. You have been praying for us. You have been praying for all of us. Because of your prayers, we chiefs are getting saved. And we are going to help. Because of your help, we want God to bless you because of God bless you and bless everything that you do so that you can be empowered to help us even much more so that we can be blessed. Receive our greetings because of the things that you are doing. We are getting out of the bondage because of what you're doing. And on behalf of my friends, I'm saying thank you. God bless now, church, let me just be clear. That chief at the end, Chapsinia, his name is Amos. He's been here to Woods Edge. That blue shirt came from Woods Edge. He's thanking you at the end. He's not thanking Tim Martin or me or somebody. He's thanking you. And because you give, because you pray, because you help us send teams over there, Jacob and Miriam Chung from our church live in Malawi, uh, we have the incredible privilege of being a part of a really a great movement that's rip, rip, ripping across the villages of Malawi and discipling, not just sharing the gospel, but discipling them into Christ. 
Now, here's the deal. Uh, most of the folks in the villages, that's an oral society. They don't read. They don't have written Bibles. And so for some time, we've been sending them audio Bibles, solar-powered audio Bibles. They can push a button, and here in Chichewa, uh, their native language, uh, the Bible and the gospel, as well as their, their, their discipleship uh, programs in there. But there are so many villages there that don't have an audio Bible, and, and we need to get them in all the villages. Because God's doing a work in the chiefs. That chief Amos that you saw at the end is one of the top two or three most powerful chiefs in the land. A lot of influence. And they're discipling each other and coming to Christ. And so we're sending these audio Bibles. It looks something like this. And they cost $30. And we need to send 3,000 of them in the next few weeks. And that's $90,000. And what would it be like if every one of us would buy at least one of those audio Bibles? And you know, it's really not about the $30 because I'm quite confident God's going to raise up the $90,000. That's not the problem. But you need to be a part directly of what God's doing in Malawi. Just think, for $30, you don't have to go to Malawi. You don't have to learn Chichewa. You don't have to build relationships. You can... Uh, send one of these audio Bibles there, and, and they're going to be listening to the gospel on that, and some 13-year-old girl is going to come to Christ, and it's going to change her eternity. And some 75-year-old man is going to come to Christ, delivered out of some occultic activity, and his whole eternity just changed. And we're, God is giving us the country of Malawi, and you can be a specific hands-on partner, just a little more tangible. And by the way, some of you God's given you a lot of resources for this very purpose, the kingdom of God around the world and in the greater Houston area. And you need to buy a hundred of these uh, uh, car, uh, audio Bibles. Uh, this card that's in your seats uh, will tell you how you can do it. If you want to write a check for $30 or whatever, uh, be sure to put on the envelope or the check somewhere in Malawi. Uh, you can put that in the offering basket. You can go to the kiosk back in the back and get more information. By the way, don't leave today without reading the towers. It just goes right through the book of Acts and the movement activity and what God's doing in Malawi. This card will tell you more about it. Um, church, let's send these 3,000 3, audio Bibles. And beyond that, what we, uh, we're back online now, so I can't say his name, but that speaker that was up here, uh, you're a part of everything that God is doing across the Eurasian world. You're a part of Malawi. You're a part of the threads of love right back here, things all over the city of Houston and beyond. Thank you for your part in the kingdom and the gospel activity. Yea, God. Stand with me, please. Lord God, we submit all of this to you. We want to please you. Lord God, thank you that we can live in this day and time where more people are coming to Christ than ever before in history. We're all these movements around the world, and Lord God, thank you that you've given us a seat at the table, allowing us to be a part, and Lord, we want to be fully engaged as you've given us. Lord, I pray that your people, Lord God, today uh, would just feel such a privilege to be used by you to be part of a, uh, uh, this kingdom activity. Lord, may we give generously, may we pray fervently, may we seek you with all our hearts, may we reach out to our own neighborhoods and business places. Lord, we commend this to you in Christ's holy name. Amen.